This week's Parsha is Parsha's Tetzaveh. And much of the Parsha is spent detailing the big day kahuna of the Kohen and the Kohen Gadol. One of the eight different begadim that were worn by the Kohen Gadol was the me'il, the robe that he wore while performing much of the avoda. Now, of course, this was no ordinary robe. The Torah tells us, V'yasisa al shulav rimonet cheles v'argaman. V'tolashani al shulav saviv pa'amone zahav besocham saviv. That on the hem of the robe, we were supposed to make pomegranates, blue, purple, crimson threads all around the hem with bells of gold between them all around. The Torah continues, Pa'amon zahav v'rimon, Pa'amon zahav v'rimon, saviv, a golden bell and a pomegranate, a golden bell and a pomegranate all around the hem. And the Pesukim described that at the bottom of the me'il, there were meant to be, in addition to all the different colors of stitching, bells and pomegranates. Pa'amonim v'rimonim. And Chazal explained that each of the begadim had individual significance to it. And the me'il, of course, was no different. There were a total of 72 bells and 72 pomegranates at the bottom of the robe. And these were meant to announce the Kohen Gadol's presence. As the Psukim continue, V'haya al Aaron l'shares, v'nishma kolo, that when Aaron is wearing this and he's serving, we're going to hear the sound, b'vo el kodesh when he comes into the Kodesh l'fnei Hashem, so, and when he leaves. The bells and the pomegranates on the me'il were to make the Kohen Gadol's presence heard wherever he would be. And this was by design, as we're taught that the me'il was a kapara for Lashon Hara. The Balaturim writes that even the number of bells and pomegranates, 72, held significance in the connection to Lashon Hara. He writes that the 72 bells and pomegranates were keneged um, ayin beiz maros nagayim, corresponding to the 72 different shades of white that could be deemed saras, shah me'il mechaper al Lashon Hara. As the Gemara tells us that the Me'il was a kapara for Lashon Hara, v'tzaras ba ba'avon Lashon Hara, and Saras would come through Lashon Hara. However, there is a machlokas about how exactly the pa'amonim and the rimonim, the bells and the pomegranates, were placed at the bottom of the Me'il. It's machlokas Rashi and the Ramban. Rashi understands very simply, I think the way that many of us understood it, that they were alternating. Says Rashi, Between two rimonim, there was a bell next to it, meaning it alternated. First you had a bell, then you had a pomegranate, then a bell, then a pomegranate. And that's why the Pasuk says, They were alternating bells and pomegranates. The Ramban, however, understands the Pasuk slightly differently. And it begs a lot of questions. The Ramban understands that the bells were actually sewn into the pomegranates. So you had bell, then pomegranate with a bell sewn into it, then another bell, then another pomegranate with a bell. And while this is much harder to read into these psukim and even to understand conceptually, if you fast forward to Parshas Pekude, the Torah does tell us, Vayasu pa'amone zahav tahor, that they made the bells of pure gold, Vayitnu es ha'pa'amonim besoch harimonim, and they attached the bells into, besoch, into the pomegranates. So Rashi could easily understand the word besoch to mean between them, meaning it was alternating. But the Pasuk does seem to imply, like the Ramban is saying, that the bells were besoch, the rimonim, that the bells were inside the pomegranates. Now, whichever way you'd like to understand this, we have to wonder, what's the nakuda samachlokas here? Both opinions can make their case. They seem to have basis in the Pesukim, but are only slightly different. 
What are we meant to gain from this machlokes between Rashi and the Rambam? So the Chassam Sofer beautifully explains that one could make the argument that both Rashi and the Ramban were actually correct in their understanding of the Psukim. That you could combine these two shitas together and you would have to say that at the bottom of the Me'il, there was an alternating pattern of a pa'amon, of a bell, without a pomegranate, followed by a pomegranate with a bell inside it. And therefore Rashi's explanation of alternating bells and pomegranates combined with the Ramban's explanation that each of the pomegranates actually had a bell inside of it, were both accurate. The Me'il had both, let's say, filled bells, filled pomegranates with bells, and empty bells. However, there was no standalone pomegranate. Every Ramon had a bell embedded in it. And this would also mean that there were less pomegranates than bells. The Chassam Sofer continues to explain why this might be the case. You know, as we explained before, the Me'il was meant to be a kapara for Lashon Hara. The sounds that the bells made as the Kohen Gadol walked was meant to combat the sound of Lashon Hara that was brought into the world. But as we know, maybe all too well, there are many layers to Lashon Hara. Of course, you're not allowed to speak negatively about other people. But it goes beyond that. A Jew must even be aware of the sounds that are embedded in the Rimonim, or the so-called positive sounds that we make. If one speaks overly positive about themselves or even about others, aggrandizing one's positive traits or deeds, that too is vulnerable to Lashon Hara. Rav Avram Pam, the Rosh Hashiva of Torah Vedas, he felt that jealousy was the source of why one might speak Lashon Hara. That when we're envious of other people's success or their wealth or their kavod or anything else about them and think that it should really be us instead, that's when Lashon Hara starts to flow. We start to diminish other people and their accomplishments so that we can feel better about our own shortcomings. Of course, talking negatively about others doesn't actually diminish anything about them or elevate us in any way, but it's not rational. Rav Palm writes that jealousy is such a powerful emotion that it leads us to this grave sin. The solitary bells at the bottom of, of the Me'il were the sounds to combat the negative speech of Lashon Hara. But what about this added dimension of Lashon Hara? What about the positive speech that often can lead to feelings of jealousy and then in turn lead to Lashon Hara? This often overlooked positive speech was also represented by the bells that were embedded into the Rimonim, into the pomegranates. So regardless of what pattern of bells and pomegranates were on the Me'il, whether you like Rashi or you like the Ramban, the message of the Chassam Sofer is clear. That when it comes to the Isser of Lashon Hara, one line of defense is not enough. The way that we speak, it influences so much of our view of the world. The way that we relate to others and the way that others relate to us. It is difficult enough to remove any negative speech about others. But we are told to go a step further. Even in the realm of positive speech, positive actions, there's still work to be done. We must be mindful not just of the things that we're saying. But how will it be heard by others? Even if our speech originates from a positive place, we must be so careful about how it might be heard and the impact that it has. There's a story told of the stipler Gon about buying a lulav and esrog one year. The stipler, like many other Jews, he liked to go to the store and pick a lulav and esrog out himself. He liked to inspect the esrogim and see which one spoke to him. But when you're the stipler Gon, it's not so simple to just walk down the streets of B'nai Brak and go esrog shopping. As soon as he would step out of his apartment, 
people would follow him. And as he walked down the streets, anyone who had a store that was selling esrogim, they obviously wanted the gadol hador to buy one from their shop. Besides for the kavod of selling an esrog to such a person, it would undoubtedly boost their business that year. So the story goes that one year, the stipler walked into a specific store and he started looking at the esrogim selection. And he did what we all do. He picked one up, he took a close look at it, he inspected it. It wasn't to his liking, he put it back down. He picks up another one, does the same, inspects it, not to his liking, puts it back. After doing this a few more times, the stipler then returned to the first esrog that he had examined and he decided that that was the one he wanted. So the store owner was a little confused because he had originally dismissed that one, but he wasn't about to question the gadolador, the stipler gone. So he boxed it up and he gives it back to the stipler. So after they returned to the apartment, the stipler Shamish, he couldn't help himself. He asked his Rebbe, why did he decide to buy the first esrog that he originally didn't like? After all, it was only their first store. They could have easily gone to another place, another shop, and found a different esrog that was up to the stipler standards. The stipler going to explain to Shamish that yes, it's true, that this esrog wasn't exactly the one that he was looking for. But what statement would it have made to the store owner and to the many people witnessing him inspect esrogim had he not bought one from that store? Said the stipler, surely everyone else would have followed his lead and they would have went elsewhere. A mitzvah at the expense of somebody else is not a mitzvah that I'm willing to do. This is someone who was acutely aware of the sound of the bell embedded in the Rimon, that even the positive things that he would do had ramifications. They had ramifications for himself and for those around him. And there was a hypersensitivity that existed. Now, granted, we are not the stipler gone, but we all have an impact on those around us. And we have to be focused on the pa'amonim, the bells, and even the pa'amonim besocharimonim, the bells within the pomegranates. The Torah is teaching us to focus on both of these sounds. Focus on both controlling the negative things that come out of our mouth and being hypersensitive to even the positive things as well. Emir Tashem, may we all be zoche to hear the many sounds of the belts on the me'il of the Kohen Gadol, both positive and negative, and the impact that those sounds have on others. May we all be zoche to continue working on this avoda as we become the best versions of ourselves. Good Shabbos.